0: And welcome to the 11th episode of the KeenCast, the official podcast of KeenGamer.com. I'm your host for today, Sean Rabine. And of course, as always, I am joined by David. Hello. And Tim Ronan. Tim, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. All right. So we got some interesting stories here today. And we're going to be talking about them. And uh, but before we get into those, let's go ahead and see how everyone's week was doing. David, how was your week?
1: Eh, <laughs> it was okay. I mean, like I, I, I watching work, Queer Eye. That's nice. Uh, nothing video game related again. I'm sorry. It's just you know, that's just I mean, life. It
0: doesn't have to be game related. You can just talk about stuff that's interesting that's happening. Right. To you. Yeah.
1: That's all. Just watching Queer Eye Nothing too exciting okay. Mm-hmm.
0: must be very hungry because I haven't eaten anything That's okay Oh me? Just watching Queer Yeah just been watching Queer Oh uh, yeah I've just been <laughs> binging Queer I've just
1: been rewatching it over and over again That's all mm-hmm.
0: yeah. <laughs> Gotta make sure you've memorized all the lines Yeah, for the yeah. How to be gay <laughs> <laughs> So Tim How was your week? What did you watch? What did you do? What did you play? Who did you kill? Oh boy
2: well, I mean,
0: so many I'll give him slip one. <laughs> I'll give him a slip one day and admit to who he did you know, <laughs> we'll have him finally but... ah,
2: got me um, uh well, pretty much just doing Borderlands three, you know, just deep into that I was telling David i've um, i I've played like sixty hours at this point, which i feel I feel like this. I feel, like, I feel like people have probably played way more than that. Like, other people. like Probably, probably four times, five, six times as much.
0: It's been for like two weeks now, right?
2: Yeah. just There's six. just about... Yeah. So it's plenty of time for people to be crazy and do everything and get everything. Some but people
1: probably have, I, like, 100 hours, like, two, three or four days after it's gone. Like, it's released. I would believe that. Two, yeah. two days? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you've because, broken, like, you've broken like seriously, broken physics. <laughs> they found a
0: time slip into in the continuum, and they said we're going to abuse that to play more Borderlands. But like yeah. seriously,
1: <laughs> I, I see this, like they like every minute of every hour they're playing
0: this game. You know, like I, I've hmm. seen I've seen people. I, I know it all, I've you know I've put a lot of hours into Borderlands 2, like Hundreds of hours. I think. I don't remember how many, but it's like my second most played game on Steam. I've well, played, after TF Two,
2: I'm up to like I think like seven
0: hundred and thirty, <laughs> just about. Oh, Borderlands Two. Yeah, like, Borderlands Two. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Yikes! Yes. Wow,
1: that's a lot. Mm.
2: Yeah, so I, I it took. I feel like it took a little bit of time for me to kind of find my groove with this one with the. The third one, but I've really been enjoying it. There's been plenty of really awesome weapons and stuff. I feel like I've noticed that they're a lot more liberal with like, oh, you, oh, you want a legendary? Oh yeah, yeah, here you go. It's mm. like, oh, okay, thank you. I, I mean, I, I like that. I, I definitely wouldn't want it to be too much. Um, I, don't think it's it's too much though. But there, there, there have been times where like, I already, I'm like, I'm at like. Because I'm a hoarder. I like having all these different gun types. So then it's like, here, have another gun. It's like, oh no, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's too tasty to give up, please. I don't want it. But I have to have it. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, that but, happened to me in Borderlands too as well. I'd be like, just farming legendaries. I'm like, uh-oh, I'm right out of room.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, there's some people that just like roll with like four guns at once I'm like how the frick do you do that <laughs> there's so many good things how do you just throw it all away but um, yeah I've been I've been really enjoying it I've been playing as Amara which I've gotten really into and I'll probably play as um at least as one of the other characters once I'm done with Amara but mm-hmm. I've personally been really enjoying it
0: oh that's great I'm not I'm not sure which character I'd want to play as but they all they all look fun to be honest. Yeah. As Borderlands games I'm like, uh I think I wanna go with this one. Like there's one I'd it's zero in on. Mm-hmm. Borderlands one it was uh Mordecai and Borderlands two it was who was it? Oh, it was Axton because he creates a big turret and I like that. <laughs> uh but with this one I I was like, Wow, they all look fun. I don't know who I want to play as first.
2: Yeah. Even like aesthetically, like I, I love the design mm-hmm. of, of all of them. It's really good. Oh,
0: yeah. And yeah, as far as legendaries, dropping. That, that sounds like it's, it's going the World of Warcraft route, where with the recent two or three expansions, they pretty much just said, you know what? Everyone gets legendaries. Everyone gets artifact weapons. Just, just legendaries up the butt. Here you go. All of them. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, this is great. The problem is when you have a game that has uh, tiered. Uh, rarity for your uh, items. You know, common, uncommon, rare, epic, legendary, that kind of thing. Which I believe is the same system that uh, Borderlands uses. When you just give everyone a bunch of legendaries, legendaries hit that dopamine really big. And when you start giving them a lot of legendaries, it becomes less and less special. And especially the stuff below legendary tier, people are just going to be not interested in those at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So Blizzard actually had to pull back very heavily to try and stop that from happening anymore because they said, "Okay, we we made a mistake. People are are getting way too high on these legendaries, and now they're they're hitting the withdrawal super fast." So yes, yeah. but I, I do hear Borderlands. 3 so has a lot of um, more unique weapons. I think maybe that's why they have so many legendaries. Yeah,
2: yeah, they definitely do. Like I found. Um... Well, another example, of me. I was just going about my business. I opened up a port a pot. He's like, Oh, you want a legendary? Here you go. Oh, thank <laughs> you. And it was like, um, it was a SMG, but it's actually a flamethrower. So that was cool. And you can, like, uh, you can throw it, and it, it does that thing where it turns into, like, a. It, it, like, grows legs and can walk around and stuff. Oh, it's like, that's nice.
0: And that's all it does? Because you got yeah, that... you got it from an outhouse. And <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to say and it shoots poop.
2: There is a gun that shoots poop. But uh, that's not steps. that one.
0: Okay. Uh, anything else, Tim, or is it just Borderlands three? Uh uh
2: I actually well, actually I um I like very slightly dipped my feet into the pre sequel just for fun because I hadn't uh, installed it on this machine yet Um, Mm -hmm. but I I really barely played that and then just went back to Borderlands 3
0: (laughs) I imagine yeah
2: yeah I'll probably I've already beaten that game on like I had a different computer for that but um, I've since lost that so I'll probably go back at some point play a new character beat that again do stuff like that
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah, pre-sequel was a game that I, I really didn't warm up to at first. I was kind of like, uh nah. mm-hmm. But I just wanted... I was like, I just want Borderlands 3. What is this holdover game? I, I warmed up to it, though. It, it's got a lot of value to it. It's actually, yeah, me too. In some ways, it's better than Borderlands 2. Uh, but in other ways, it's not. In, mostly, it's in its uh, replayability. But mm-hmm. it's nice. It's cool. You know?
2: Yeah, I, I wasn't... I think... I was I was kind of the same way I I played it and then I think I just got disinter- disinterested but then I was like you know what I mean it's a, it's a Borderlands game I kind of I just want to kind of finish it and get through it um, mm-hmm. and I think once I well I I did that and I did like the I think the one DLC it has and then um, I don't think I was really interested in doing a like new game plus or doing a new character at that point but That's I enjoyed it yeah it's fun yeah
0: it's fun. You know, its back. Come on, guys. It's fun. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jeez. I was <laughs> kicking a jaw. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, as for my week, uh, as usual, it was pretty jam packed with media consumption because that is my life. Uh, in terms of what I watched, I continued to watch uh, Cannon Busters, oh, yeah. which I'm going through kind of slowly because I hate to say it, it's not that super interesting. Mm. Uh, the plot seems pretty generic, but I mean, you know, you get your, your child of destiny and your kingdom in peril, and your sundere main hero who doesn't want to help out the other people, but they, he will, because he has a heart of gold or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the character designs continue to be really cool, and the opening theme song is great, so that's what it has going for it. I heard that, yeah. Uh, I start I heard, yeah. I heard it was pretty good, yeah. The, the theme song yeah, it, it, yeah. <clears throat> yeah uh, I, I'd recommend checking it out on YouTube I'm sure that's mm-hmm. it's available there to everyone it's it's really nice um, I've also been watching this cartoon called Mao Mao Heroes of Pure Heart Pure Heart Valley something like that Mao Mao is the main thing um, it's about this uh, cat person who mistakenly Breaks this giant gem that's been protecting this kingdom. And the kingdom is, the kingdom is basically like a, a Care Bears type area. Like everyone is just super cuddly and fuzzy and they have no concept of how to defend themselves. And the kingdom is surrounded by giant monsters. And now they have no defense. So he comes in and he acts as their sheriff. And it is one of the funniest shows I've seen in a long time. Huh. It is super fun. If you've ever liked uh, Adventure Time or Gravity Falls, I'd highly recommend it. It's hilarious. Huh. Um, Where is this on Netflix? Uh, no, it's Cartoon Network, and uh-huh. I believe Cartoon Network is kind of making this shift from network television to online service uh. Uh, for free, so you can pretty much watch their huh. episodes for free on their website, oh, as far as I can tell. Really. Yeah. What's the name uh, of the show again? Mau Mau. M-A-O-M-A-O uh, M-A-O, with a space in between. Hmm. Huh. Uh, what I appreciate is that all the characters have a very cool design. Uh, it's very simple but very interesting. They don't do the whole bean mouth uh, noodle arms thing that Adventure Time started and everyone has copied since then to a fault. Mm. But Mau Mau is like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going back to the basics. And I also enjoy that it makes there's one episode where it kind of I have to mention it, they make a uh, a jab at Steven Universe. Oh really? Uh, yeah, Mau Mau is having this problem where no one really likes him. Uh, the whole town yeah. finds him abrasive and, and hard to deal with. Of my so life. they try to revamp his image and so they they put him like a little they put him basically put him in a, a Steven Universe outfit. They make him super cute and fuzzy. They give him a bean mouth. And he just goes around everywhere. And he just says like, oh, we're having so much fun. Yeah, everyone is just doing whatever they want. Yeah. Really taking a, a dig at Steven Universe. Always just being so upbeat and thinking that everyone is fine. And nothing's the matter. And just the best part comes when a giant monster attacks. And he's like, oh, I'll play my ukulele and he'll be super great. And so he starts playing a song to try and soothe the monster because that's what Steven Universe does. Whenever there's a big villain, he just starts singing a song to redeem them. And the monster just starts eating people. He's like, oh no! So he has to fight it. Huh. So I I appreciated them doing that. Hmm. It it was a loving jab at Steven Universe. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But I'd recommend, if you ever liked Adventure Time, it has big Adventure Time feels to it. Uh, Early Adventure Time. And, uh... Uh, if you ever like Gravity Falls where it's humor I would say check this out it's great first uh handful of episodes like five episodes or so might not catch you right away they didn't really catch me but after that it really starts to pick up steam I think around episode six or seven is when it really starts to take off and it doesn't slow down interesting uh there's one episode where they they parody which is an old meme but they make it work the, the uh who, who saw the leprechaun? You know, when they showed that like the new support of like this this uh, little neighborhood that saw a leprechaun and they had the artist rendition of a leprechaun face. Does anyone remember that? No. What? No. Really? Huh? That's like a classic meme. Okay, whatever. Okay. It's a great episode, shut up. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um <laughs> what? Mau Mau. Go check it out. They also have a um, the king of the of the kingdom is called King Charlemagne and he's a giant lion but he's super foppish and like fancy. He's great. I love him. Uh, Other than that I've been watching the show on HBO called The Mighty Gemstones which has been pretty cool so far. It is about a family of preachers who you know they're probably like those mega churches and they're insanely rich. Like, they each each person has their own mansion, um, and one of them gets into some hot water, and things kind of escalate pretty quickly to some very dark territories. Hmm. But it, it's, it's a basically a dark comedy. It's a lot of fun. It's created by Danny McBride, who also did uh, Eastbound and Down, as well as Vice Principals. Yeah. And... Vice Principals, I love that show. That was a great show because they planned for two seasons. They filmed, they filmed both seasons back to back and released them like normal seasons. And they could have easily gone for more, but they said, "Nope, We told the story we wanted to tell. We had a beginning, middle, and end, and we're not going to do more than we need to. I'm like, I appreciate that. Right. Because you don't see that on TV. Yeah, right. Hmm.
1: I, I, I um, saw um, uh, ads for the Mighty Gemstones like around here. Looks, mm-hmm. looks interesting. It has a couple of good actors in there, huh? So,
0: mm-hmm. uh Danny McBride Danny, is always fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Levine. Yeah. Uh, he has his moments where he's he's really good in things. I think he needs more time to really you know, stretch his wings. Uh, it's got John Goodman. Yeah, John Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Walter Goggins is in there as sort of like a minor character and he was in Vice Principals. Mm-hmm. He was great at that. He was one of the funniest characters. Like, he... Knocked it out of the park. If you can play a detestable human being in a show, but still be sympathetic in some way, that's both good writing and good acting. So, mm. kudos to him. And that's pretty much what I've been watching. Uh, as for what I've been playing, I've I played Kathy Rain for my stream. And Kathy Rain is sort of this uh, Twin Peaks-inspired detective story. Set in the '90s, where this college student goes to—her grandfather's died—and she goes to the town to attend the funeral. And she starts seeing some weird things, starts investigating his death and the things that led up to it. And it—it's fine. Mm. It feels like they—they they really wanted to tell a Lovecraftian Twin Peaks story, but they really didn't have enough there to make it interesting. But they did it anyway. So yeah. It's not bad. It's not a bad game. If you like point-click adventures, okay. you know, check it out. I think it's pretty cheap. Hmm. I don't remember how much it costs. Uh, I've also started playing Rise of the Tomb Raider for my stream, which I had to look up. I've played the first game, but I couldn't remember what the second game is because it has a stupid naming convention, where it's like Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And it's like, how am I supposed to figure out which one comes after the net. Yeah.
2: Ghost yeah. Ghost of the Shadow of the Apparition of the Tomb Raider.
0: <laughs> it's, it's like It's like I don't understand what is this. So I had to look it up. Um so far it's a lot like the first Tomb Raider uh the reboot, what I mean. Yeah. And it's fun. It's got a possibly too much side content in terms of not stuff that's in the main campaign but just like you open up the main menu and it's just like, "Oh, go do this." And here's some here's some booster packs you can buy them with real money. And I'm like, "Oh, I forget no, no." Yeah, I,
1: I don't know what it is, but no. I I like, I I forgot that there was a third one in that series. You know, like yeah, like because yeah. like that series just kind of I don't know, not faded out, but like nobody like I I, think f- I feel like with the third, one, third one, like it just kind of you know it, it it came and then nobody cared and then it went away,
0: that type of yeah. thing. And <clears throat> I hate to say it, I think part of it was that they didn't like the new design in the third game uh, for for Lara Croft. Is it Lara or Laura? Everyone in the game says it's Laura, but I've always been told it's, it's Lara. Lara. It's Lara Croft. Yeah, but everyone in the game calls her it Laura. It, it throws me off. And
1: yeah, it's, it's, I grew it's up. Probably. I grew up saying Laura Croft, but it's Lara mm-hmm. Croft. Lara. Yeah. So Lara. it's like
0: I, I don't. Um, that's very
1: confusing. I don't know. Gonna
0: oh, yeah. They didn't... I feel like most people kind of were turned off by the third game because they didn't like the look of Lara Croft in the third game, where they kind of... They didn't really beef her up, but they made her a little bit more boxy-shaped. And the mentality was that, you know, she's been doing Tomb Raiding for years now by that point. She's really built up a lot of muscle mass. She's a little bit more strong, uh, strongly built. And people said, No, I, well, Hourglass... pinch pinch the waist. What are you doing? Um, I think people would have been fine if she was, uh, quote-unquote a muscle girl, where she had, like, defined abs and, like, some definition on her arms, but they went for a more realistic route, and I think it turned some people off. I I, I can understand why they wanted to go this route with her, where, like, she's still an action hero, but she's more grounded in that she's, you know, the first game, like I said, she's kind of reluctant to become an action person, uh, You know, she was just thrown to the situation. She did her best to survive, and just by the course of doing this, by the end, she was like, "Oh shit, I'm a badass!" All of a sudden, cool. Uh, In this game, it it was like she. she, I remember
1: like a lot of people were were complaining, like, "Oh, she was," um, you know, she was like really apprehensive to just like hurt anybody within like the first segment of the first game, and then like (laughs) five minutes later, you're mowing down (laughs) this whole like (laughs) camp of people. It's just funny,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah. She has a line uh, all right in the second game, like early on. Then, like you've killed people. It's like only for survival. It's like, Lara, I've had you kill people. You were enjoying some of those <laughs> kills, okay? Yeah. You didn't have to choke that guy out. You didn't have to do that, but you did it. Yo, she's but, like, eh. but she like, she got her axe and like, you know, split some
1: skulls open. She's not just killing mm-hmm. them. She's like mauling them, dude. She's like. Mm-hmm. Damn, like she's she's really yeah. really killing them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um Yeah, we'll we'll see how this goes. Everyone I've talked to said they haven't beaten the second game even though they've tried to. Uh maybe I'll make it to the end. Who knows? Yeah. Uh I will say, uh last thing I'll say about it is that it seems like it's really trying to be Assassin's Creed. That's interesting. Uh, in terms of its secret holy cults and it's abundance of in-game content and detective vision I hate detective vision but she has it um, so yeah hmm. uh, and the only other game i played since I can't play Borderlands 3 is Remnant from the Ashes oh. which is a new game from Gunstar Game Gun was it Gunfire Games Gunfire Games who are the makers of Darksiders 3 And if you've played Darksiders 3, you will recognize a lot of those assets in Remnant. They borrowed a lot from what they made from Darksiders 3. And it makes sense. I don't blame them for doing that. But Right down to sound effects, to world design, to character designs, somewhat to the very plot of things. Some locations are so very Darksiders. Like I'm, I'm waiting for the moment where I'll, I turn a corner. And I'm like, oh, there's war and death. Hi guys, <laughs> you know, I'm just waiting for that to happen because they would fit right in with this. Um, hmm. But basically, it is a looter shooter without much looter. Uh, it, it's closer to Warframe in its looter shooter uh, qualifications in that there's not that much that you actually loot. It's more like you loot. Uh, Materials to make things so you're not looting like a bunch of guns and like selling off the ones you don't want, unfortunately. Mm. But it it, it has a pretty good core gunplay uh, flow, it feels good to shoot things. I really love the character designs in this game, it looks really cool. Even the humans look cool, and it doesn't quite have that full Joe Mad Darksiders 1 design where like all the humans. Where people are like designed like giant linebackers, yeah. bigger than yeah, yeah. Gears of War type thing. Nobody's like that in this game, <clears throat> except some enemies. Humans look completely normal. They look great though. Uh, there's some really cool monster designs, really cool uh, world designs. It's the art, art design in the whole game is really top notch. Hmm. Uh, that's pretty much where my positives end though. Wow. That game has a lot of problems. Hmm. Uh, it you know how like if you're playing a game where you, you like chop people up with a sword and stuff like that, and there's an enemy with like a bow and arrow or some sort of ranged enemy, and it kind of it's annoying to go after them, yeah. they keep shooting you yeah mm-hmm. The inverse is true in where you have a gun and you're shooting people, but a bunch of guys with like swords keep attacking you, and it, it just like you can't like maneuver around and shoot them correctly. It's like a, wow. I'm sure Tim might have experienced it in like Borderlands when you're like fighting Skags or something, and or racks, and they'll just start swarming around you. And it's like ah, I don't, I want to use my sniper rifle, damn it. And it just becomes annoying. Um, the game has some issues. It it, it borrows a lot from Dark Siders, not Dark Siders, uh, Dark Souls, in some of its design uh, elements, mm. but it doesn't really implement them the best way. It's, it's like it's got problems. Yeah,
1: it's okay. It's a It's a good game that has a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha.
0: The the mere fact that the art design and the general gunplay feel so good is what's keeping me playing. But if those weren't as good as they are, I would have like no, I gave up on this. Mm -hmm. I I shun you. So, damn. If you're really desperate for a looter shooter that's not really a looter maybe check out Remnant, I think it's like $40 it's also an online game it's meant to be played in multiplayer up to 3 players Um, that's another one of those problems in that it's clearly designed for multiplayer in mind and not solo play, so if you play solo you might run into some issues such as enemies that have weak points that you can't hit because they're meant to be you know one person attracts the enemy to them and someone else has the weak point that's directly on their back. Oof. If it's just one person, you can't exactly hit that that weak point right. anymore. So it's it's got some problems, hmm. but it's it's neat. Give it a look. Hmm. Uh, I I really hope that you know Gunfire does well and they can make more Dark games. I know they're coming out with that uh, Diablo esque Dark game, which I am looking forward to. So who knows? Anyway. Let us get on to the news. All right. So for our first piece of news today, we're gonna to be talking about Pokemon again Ooh. because Pokemon's interesting, even even though it pisses me off lately. It's interesting, <laughs> you know? uh, Our piece of of uh, our Pokemon news is far fetched. Remember him? He's the Gen One Pokemon that nobody really cared about, but he has a kind of a cult following because he's so cool looking.
2: He's also pretty tasty. According to the to the lore, wait
1: what? Huh? I can't. I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. deal with.
2: that. Yeah, people ate parfetched. No big deal. He's a duck.
1: Tasty. He's mm. a t- Very good. Oh, poor guy. What about
0: <laughs> what about what about why, what, what about side duck?
1: What about him? No, if you can bad kill meat.
0: him and not endure his like headache blast, then yeah. Then... Oh.
1: Man, I feel bad for him. Well, he comes with the leak, right? So, like, I guess that that would make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I still can't deal with the fact that people eat Pokemon. I think that's something that they've given up on, I think okay. about. Okay, guys, where, like, like,
1: if you were in the Pokemon world, what would you, like, eat first? Like, what Pokemon would you eat first?
2: Uh, no tank maybe? Maybe a Dragonite.
0: Yeah, oh. Dragonite. Dragonite. I never yeah, had Dragonite. Dragon. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. eat a Dragonite? <laughs> sure you can.
2: <laughs> Delicious. Very, very, you know... It's Delectable
0: mm, exotic and, meat and the, and the lore of the Pokemon world, they're super rare, you exactly.
2: Like... That's what makes it you can sell it for a fortune. Oh my
0: god, <laughs> oh. Matt's just raising this dragon like egg. dragon All tail, from its original form. Well, you know, they have like, like dragon tails, just... right?
1: so like they have like dragon yeah. tails. Are you gonna equip to Pokemon? So why don't you just eat them, you know? I would eat it. I would eat it. I would I would exactly. I would probably put like at least like half of everything in my mouth before I give it to a Pokemon. <laughs> like a rare
0: candy. Come on. You can't be you have to be oh, curious okay. about that, right? What is that? Okay, taste like? rare candies I would eat because I'd be curious to see, would it A make me a stronger person or would it B, age me forward one year? Like what is it gonna do to a human being? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. You see, like, there's so Kids, many things. if you ever go into the Pokemon world, don't eat Pokemon. They have, like, the intelligence of dogs or higher. They don't don't eat them. Don't do that. I'm going to eat
1: every Pokemon. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Even the humanoid ones, I don't care. The, the, oh, or, like, like the, uh, the Med- Geodude. You,
2: you, cr- you crack them open. It's just, like... It's Yo, they've got to have something there. in there. They've got to have yeah, some, they're something <laughs> in there. A ge- they're
1: but instead of, yeah. like,
2: crystals, it's... Meat,
1: <laughs> you know, like those rock candies, they could be like made out of geodude. Yeah, games, you know yeah. Actually, no, that makes more
2: sense. I bet that's exactly. Yeah,
1: the case. let's do that. Let's crush up some geodudes. They they got this the conversation's they, gotten, they've got like the real they've gotten like the the roly colly now you know that roly colly, and and sword and mm-hmm. shield. You, are you guys familiar with that Pokemon? Uh,
2: I've already forgotten
1: I've the Pokemon heard of that are Sword and Shield. Well, there's a one. There's one called Roly Coli. and according to the lore, people used to kill Roly Coli and use their bodies as coal in order to fuel their cities.
0: Good,
2: God. <laughs> Pokemon's dark.
0: Pokemon. Pokemon's dark, especially from uh, the um, the era before the games even take place before people started refining themselves towards Pokemon, they're like, got really dark. Like, using them as, like, cannon fodder and in wars and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, like, I I can only imagine, like, the ones that actually look like food. Like, poor things. Like, why are they, you know? (laughs) Oh. yeah. Oh my
2: gosh.
0: I I
2: totally forgot. Yeah, there's, like, an ice cream Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. A double scoop ice cream Pokemon. They could they There's probably hunted cherries,
0: those
1: things. I think. Is it Yeah, they're, they're cherry Pokémon. Yeah. They have Pokémon with berries growing out of their faces. You know. That whipped cream Pokémon. Yeah, that's a new one, yeah. They probably killed
0: those Te- like hundreds of them, thousands of them, millions. You know? Oh yeah. There's not one person like, "Oh, I'm going to try to eat that oh, freaking thing." It's 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 an ice cream. Well, anyway, and hopefully their face froze. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, from... Farfetch'd. Remember him? Oh, yeah. He's from Gen 1. It's not delicious. He has something of a cult following; people really liked him, but he didn't have any use besides. You know, he doesn't have any evolution. That's gonna change in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Farfetch gets a new evolution that is exclusive to Pokemon Sword, by the way. It is called Surfetched, and Surfetched is a white duck that has a shield that's made out of. I think it's like made out of grass and a gigantic sword that's like taller than him, and. He's fantastic. I love him already. Uh, he's one of my instant lock. He's going to be in my, my main team type Pokemon if I ever get the game. Uh, David, what do you think of Sir Fetch besides how he looks taste-wise? He's cool. I, I
1: mean, mean I, you know, yeah, I, don't I don't even know, know if I'm going to pick up these games. games. Probably, Probably not. not. These, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's cool design. Yeah. You know, um, I hope that other like, like, a, like neglected Pokemon, Pokemon get, evolutions get evolutions too, like, like the, the weird ones, ones you yeah. know, that yeah. like we always thought should have gotten evolutions. Maybe they mm-hmm. maybe instead of like making like new families of Pokemon, just like make evolutions to already existing ones. I think that makes sense now.
0: I wouldn't hate that because it feels like they've pretty much run out of ideas of new Pokemon. Right. I mean, we have a teapot Pokemon, so yeah. They, they're clearly scraping that barrel so much that they're just scraping up barrel. Yeah. Itself. So, like, why
1: not, like, make a Pokemon to, like, that weird Pokemon uh, in the last generation that could, like, smack people's asses with its intestines? Remember that one? No. Yeah. Excuse me? It could, what? It could throw up its, its, like, what it does is, like, it throws up its, its, like, bodily fluids. And, like, it could shape the bodily fluids into, like, hands and feet and stuff. And then slap people with it. What are you talking about? It's called <laughs> no, look, look it up. It's called like poli bobo babolo. It's like Hawaiian. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. How could I forget? It's called that like pikapapukapukupa. Something a a P. Yeah, and and. Pierogi. Pikapapukapukapura. No, it's like Pua or something like that. I don't. I don't know, man. It's like some kind of Hawaiian thing. David, come on. Was this a fever dream you had? No, look, I'm typing it, dude. Look, it's pukapapukapukupa. Come on, Pooky! Okay, hey, po- good
0: good luck. You get any results back? Pooky po- 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 Pokemon. Pokemon.
1: Look, I'm I'm I'm, I'm typing Pooky Pokemon right now. Okay, I got Pookie Muku, Pookie Muku, Puku po- po- co- Muku. Mo- it's called Puku po- co- mo- po- co- mo- Muku. Can you spell it? I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, t- I'm putting am putting in the Discord right now. Puku po- co- Muku, mo- po- co- mo- Look at this shit, man. <laughs> you keep saying it, but it's
0: not going to evoke any memories of this. Look thing. at this shit, man.
1: This is Puka po- po- Muku mo- co- Pokemon.
0: Look. Oh. Pokemoko. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, it throws up its intestines it smacks people. Yeah, it smacks
1: people's asses yeah. with its intestines, dude. <laughs> it's
0: a it's a weird like sea c- mem- 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 Me, I can't even say that word. C- sea mem- sort of like Yeah. A c- and like it washes thing. up on
1: the beaches and like people like have jobs where they have to go up to these things and throw them back into the ocean cuz they suck so much. And, like, what they do is, like, when people, like, walk by or whatever, they hide in the sand, and they pop up and they smack them in the ass. They're really annoying. So, like, you, you got to, like, pe- there are people in Aloha who are hired to just get these things and then throw them back into the ocean. This is this is lore, dude. Like This
0: this is lore that needs to be explored more in Pokemon games because oh there's God. so much interesting stuff in, like, Pokedexes, like how Driftbloom would, would kidnap children and take them away, never be seen again. Yeah, man. That could be a why yeah, is that not like mystery dungeon thing, you know, yeah. like
1: like you know catching all the driftloons and like murdering them because they chill they, well not maybe not murdering I'm going too far but like you know like, uh doing something to the drift blooms because they they got all these children and whatever, yeah that could be cool
0: I feel like Pokedex entries are where they're like we want to be a little bit dark and mature but we can't do it with the with like the story because they get mad yeah so let's put in the Pokedex entry which no one's going to really notice right. Yeah,
2: yeah there's a surprising, or I don't know, unsurprising amount of entries that are like, yeah, this is like, uh, like this this Pokemon is made when like a kid dies and his, his soul doesn't <laughs> pass on and he's like cursed, and, and then this other Pokemon steals children to the forest and then they kind of probably die. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, oh God.
0: I think is it's that- like Coffee egregious or something like that. He'll actually like. Kidnap explorers and archaeologists and just put them in his coffin where they die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what about his? Like, what
1: about Kof, uh previous evolution, Yamask? Your Yamask your 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 mask yeah. mask is yeah. like the the soul of a dead person, and they're carrying yeah. their yeah. face with them everywhere they go, and they yeah. look at the masks every now and then to remind themselves that they're actually dead,
0: and they cry. <laughs> what the fuck, man?
1: That's some. That's some. Imagine a, that's some. That's imagine in the shit. Pokemon
0: world. Yeah. And man. you die, and rather than ascending to whatever afterlife that exists in the Pokemon world, you just become a Pokemon. That's fucked and Yeah, it's just your life now.
2: That that's an I mean all like jokes aside, that's like an interesting piece of lore.
1: But then yeah. but then imagine being just caught by a like Pokemon. Dick Butt trainer, you know, and then you have to be <laughs> Dick Butt's, you know, Pokemon for the rest of your life. That sucks. Oh god. Or
0: you get Put into the daycare to make better Yanmas. Oh my god. You just have oh to god. bang Ditto. You become a oh, prostitute. Stop. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Please, I don't,
1: want,
2: I don't want to.
0: <laughs> just bang Ditto. Ditto's like, I can look however you want. <laughs> Why don't you ever look me in the eye? Because you have two dots for eyes. I can't deal with the Ditto, okay? Oh my god. But of course, while we hear it, Janmask, Janmask, Ditto, Ditto. God, Jesus. But They're having deep conversations. Heesh. Tim, what did you think of Fetch? <laughs> oh yeah,
2: <laughs> I forgot that's what we were talking about. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you where you look at it at first, it's like, oh, that's that's that feels kind of odd, but he I I think I like him. He looks pretty cool. He's very smug. Looks very very I like that smug. smug. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I like him. Yeah, oh, you know it's. Maybe weird at first but yet you, you you grow it grows on you. Yeah, so I like him.
0: Yeah, I like him too. I like that smugness, that smugness of like, yeah, I'm short but my sword is as tall as you, so it, it evens out. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna stab you now. Um,
2: also, he's probably delicious,
0: right? Yes. Probably. Chances are he tastes like duck. Mm-hmm. But he's a fighter, so his his meat might be very ah. tough. Stream,
1: but you know what? So, you well, know, that's yeah. The the great thing about yeah. him is that he comes with a, a like a, a big leaf, so you could roast him and then serve him on the leaf, you know. Or you know what? You could, you oh. could, you could like, <laughs> you know, you could like defeather him and then like you could roast him with a spit and use his leek as a okay. I'm thinking about this too much.
0: I gotta stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm thinking so, about yeah. like roasting this Pokemon. Yeah, that ahead. is
0: uh, SirFest. He is an instant lock for me, and that is the last piece of Pokemon news we will ever discuss. <laughs> all right, so, Surfetched. moving on. Uh, you know how everyone likes having Steam and Origin and Uplay and all those launchers, and they, they really like having all those on their on their system? I love it. Well, yeah. get ready, because here comes another one, Rockstar Games Launcher. Rockstar Games has announced they have their own... Oh, that's right. Bethesda has one, too. We were talking about this earlier. Oh, my God. They need to get stopped. Anyway, Rockstar has put out their own games launcher. What's going to be on the games launcher, you ask? Well, Rockstar Games. How many Rockstar Games are there? Not many. So one has to wonder, is This is why are they doing this? But basically, Rockstar is saying we have a new launcher... You will be able to play all the PC games that exist on PC right now on the launcher. And if you have those games on Steam, you can play them through the launcher as well. So, they're trying to make it as seamless a transition as possible. Um, And uh, it says it is. Oh, wait, it says it's missing a significant number of Rockstar classics, including GTA 1, 2, and 4, Midnight Club 2, and Max Payne 1 and 2. It's missing four? Hmm. Weird. Well, maybe we'll get it later. Uh, I don't know if it's still going on, but if you download the Rockstar Launcher, which is free, you will get a free copy of San Andreas. So if you have somehow not played that yet, here's your chance to get it for free. Uh, Tim, what do you think of the Rockstar Games Launcher? I mean, I
2: I mean, I guess it. I guess it makes sense they would do this eventually, right? No. Try and Well, I mean, like, the fact that they can, you know, they're like... I a... don't think they should, though. Well, right. But at least in terms of them, like, you know, they're like a... They're not some small company or something, you know. Like they have they... a small library. That's true. Um, but I guess, you know, they don't exactly need Steam... Um, that's true. But Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know that. So, so you can play any game from Steam on there.
0: Any Rockstar game. Any
2: Rockstar mm-hmm. game. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: Never mind. I thought you said. I thought you said any game. I was like, oh, oh my. That that's <laughs> quite different. Um. Yeah. I. Well, I mean, we need. You know, we gotta have like diversity, right? You know if that means having like twenty, thirty, fifty launchers. You know it's, it's probably good, right?
0: Mm-mm.
2: Don't you want that? Don't oh, you no. want that, Sean? No. Just like one launcher for each game, and then
1: we <laughs> <laughs> got the like, Destiny
0: uh, two launcher and the Borderlands three launcher. There you go. I don't want them unless yeah. I can eat them. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, David. What are your thoughts on the Rockstar Games launcher?
1: I don't know. I feel like Rockstar has always had this phobia of PC. You know, like, oh, yeah. of just, like, you know, just the PC space. Like, they've had this, they've they've had it for a long time now, right? With, like, pirating and uh, mods and just porting over their oh, games yeah, yeah. to PC just in general. They've always had this kind of phobia mm-hmm. of it. And it's it's like you know other other publishers have had it too like Ubisoft like it's like one of the big ones right but like they've mm-hmm. they've still accepted the fact that PC is a gigantic market and they need it so this is kind of like Rockstar being kind of like Ubisoft where they're like you know like we hate the PC game market but like we're still gonna I don't, hate is a very strong word we we're we're apprehensive of the PC game market but we're still gonna. We accept it for what it is and we acknowledge the fact that PC gaming is obviously here to stay. It's the future and and everyone's going to be playing on PC at at some point one day. So uh, Mm -hmm. this is them just kind of accepting that and I think it's kind of just future proofing their brand. Um, You know, eventually right now it may not seem like a lot, but eventually they will have a lot of games uh, on PC. So this is just kind of making sure, building that ecosystem now so that later on in the future when PC gaming gets even more popular. They have an infrastructure in place where they could just, you know, launch GTA Six on it, and all of its DLC and its online components and its expansions, and not have to worry about, uh, you know, necessarily, kind of, um, I don't know, not not have to worry about you know, different platforms. They have it on their own dedicated platform, so they can control it better, basically. So this is what I I, I think it is, and you know, it could be very simply just. Red Dead Redemption Two is our next project. You know, it's gonna come to oh, BC, yeah. and maybe even the Red, the original, right? Red Dead Redemption. You know, so like both of them, that that would make sense, right? So both of them are coming to BC, um, and you know, we have this infrastructure in place where we can continue continue to uh, support right down the line in both uh, titles, um, and you mm-hmm. know, it, it's, it's already in place so that they can control it and, it, and they can see it a lot right. better. So I don't know. I I think think it's a natural thing, thing. as as in terms of like like what I think of so many launchers on PC. It, you know, if you, I'm thinking, I'm I'm kind of siding on the side side of the companies where it's like you want your brand to kind of, you want want to protect your brand here, here. you want to protect uh, its image, and you want to not have the consumers have total dominion over it. And that being said, you don't want Steam to have total dominion over it either, right? Um, so um, I I think I feel, I feel like this is like, like an, 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 an added measure, an measure to kind measure of just um, manage the IP a little their IPs a little more and I, I you know this yeah. isn't going to be the last time a, a major publisher is, is going to launch a launcher um, yeah. on PC it, it, it's, it's inevitable, inevitable at this point. point so I don't this is oh, oh they, they have, have Windows right uh, Microsoft but, but like you know like there's going to be other publishers, publishers popping up here and there, there. I wouldn't I be surprised if like even, even smaller ones, ones like, like maybe uh, um, Atlas or, or like, like Bandai Namco they, they launch a,
0: a, a PC launcher you know yeah. so you know, it's, it's inevitable so like, like t- <clears throat> 2K is not a publisher I mean not 2K uh, Rockstar is not a publisher or developer Rockstar, Rockstar publishes, publishes games too like what? Rockstar publishes <laughs>
1: games well, look, Rockstar <laughs> right? Rockstar <laughs> Games wait wait <laughs> a second uh yeah Rockstar games, games is an American, American video, video game publisher based in New York City. City. Malarky. Yeah, they, well, they, well they, they develop and they publish. They're, they're kind of like Bandai Namco if... then. You <clears> know, <throat> like, like Bandai Namco is a developer and, they, they, publish and they, they publish
0: a lot of, of games too. too. Sure. But I've never heard of Rockstar publishing a game that they didn't directly make.
1: Uh, I think L.A. Nor is the, the last one
0: that they did. Yeah, I... LA
1: Nor was developed by Team Bondi and published by Rockstar Games.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So it, it... make me look like a fool in front of
1: No, no. But you're right. No, Rockstar Games does. They only publish their own games most of the time. You know, like GTA, um, and and uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, what is it? Red Dead. You know, those are the two main ones. I think Max Payne Max Payne was started by Remedy. Yeah, I developed my Remedy, um, and then Rockstar Studios took it over. So, like, they're kind of like, I, I, I imagine them a lot like Sony, you know, like, they buy studios, um, or, or Microsoft, they buy studios, um, they, they haven't bought a studio in a while, I don't think, um, but they, you know, and, and they, they kind of buy IPs, too, and they keep producing them. Like, they 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 bought the Red Dead IP. The first Red Dead, Red Dead Revolver wasn't a Rockstar game, it was something else, um, Mm. So, you know, they, they now that they, that they own the IP, they're they're kind of making they're kinda of putting the GTA the GTA juice into it. Um
0: I guess I guess they're kinda like uh Bethesda and that right, in which they are the yeah. uh publisher and they do buy studios, mm-hmm. but Bethesda is owned by ZeniMax, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's sorta like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I still think it's stupid, but okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, well, well. In your fairness, Rockstar Games is owned by Take Two, so yeah, right, yeah. That's that's right. That's basically what I'm getting
0: at yeah. is that you know, Rockstar they developed the game, so Take Two is the the publisher.
1: Uh, it's really complicated, dude. Because Rockstar mm-hmm. c- maintains like its own independence. Mm-hmm. So like, so like, yeah. They, I guess technically they they publish Grand, Grand Theft Auto, but like in name, it's it's really Rockstar that publishes it. Do you know? that? Does mm-hmm. that make any sense? Like because like, take 2 uh, like publishes, I think like Bioshock, um, I think the yeah. XCOM games. I think, mm-hmm. Borderlands too, right?
0: That they published all the Borderlands. All
1: games, the yeah. Borderlands games, right? Because they're owned by, um, by this parent company. But like, it, when it comes to Rockstar, like Rockstar is really like its own subsidiary. So it wants to maintain its own images. I mean, this all feeds into like the whole point of the launcher, right? They just want to maintain their brand, mm-hmm. um, and and it, it makes sense, you know. It's it's all feeding into the brand and making sure that they could, they can control the brand as much as possible.
0: That's all. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, as for me, you, you said earlier that hate is a strong word when describing rock stars' feelings towards PC. And it, hate is a strong word, but it's also an accurate <laughs> one. Um I believe it was Rockstar who had that quote of saying, we don't publish on PC because PC gamers are nothing but pirates. Yeah. So why would we put ourselves on PC? And Ubisoft had the same uh, sentiment yeah. before they went on PC. They said, no, we're not going to put on PC because we don't want our games pirated. And it's like, dude... People pirate games at the same rate that people steal your physical games from stores. So,
1: yeah, eh,
0: you know, what, what are you gonna do? I mean, it doesn't um, matter. Look at, like,
1: look at Nintendo. Like, look at look at games that are only on consoles. Breath of the Wild is all over the place on PC, dude. Like, if the game is yeah. good enough, the people are gonna yeah. find emulators. They're gonna find a way to put it on PC and, and pirate it. That, that's just how it is. Well,
0: sorry. You say if they're good enough. So the, obviously, the plan is for Ubisoft. To make, make the shittiest games imaginable. That way no yeah. one will pirate it. <laughs> make it good enough that people want to play the next one, but not so good that people want to pirate it. There you go. That's, there you go. That's, that's the Ubisoft <laughs> model. Just just ride that middle. Just ride that middle. But well, come on. Ubisoft um,
1: hasn't been making bad games. They've been making good games. Right?
0: They've been making games I'm not interested in. <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, they're bad games. Damn. Uh, I don't consider Ubisoft games to be bad. I just consider them to be, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, they're 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 none of them really have a message. None of them are really interesting. They're they feel designed by committee. Like we got to put this in because we found that uh, gamers thirteen to forty nine on the male spectrum, they like this. So put that in there. Yeah, and put this in for the female gamers too. Oh, make sure to put in some Twitch functionality. Oh, oh, oh put put in a zombie mode. People love zombies. And we just make a zombie game? Now! Put it in! Yeah. It's just so, all this shit put I, together. That's man. Ubisoft to me. Yeah. That's fair. I want them to make another uh, Rayman game because Rayman Legends and Origins are a couple of my favorite platformers. Yeah. They're amazing. Who knows? Um, but yeah, to me, Rockstar making a launcher is pointless. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rockstar doesn't have a big enough PC library to warrant this. So what this reads to me is... Rockstar doesn't want to share profits on the microtransactions with Steam anymore. Because that's how you get the shark cards for GTA V. You have to buy them. They're like DLC on Steam. And Steam gets a cut of that. And Rockstar doesn't want to share that money anymore. They don't want to share money with people buying their games on Steam anymore. Because GTA games consistently are the top of the charts for years and years after they're released. Yep. So, what well, this reads to me is this Rockstar is like, well, we're making more money than God, but so are you, and we want to be the only God. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a mono deific industry here. So, no. Right. It would make more sense to me if it wasn't a Rockstar launcher, but a 2K games launcher. Because, yeah. I mean, look at the library that 2K has. They have, of course, the Rockstar games, they have Borderlands. They have uh, the XCOM games, they have the Civilization games, they have the NBA games, they have uh, the wrestling games, they have uh, one-shot ones, they have the Bioshock games, they have Evolve, which, you know, who cares, but they have it, Uh, Mafia games, they have the Darkness games, the Duke Nukem games, they have a ton of of different games that they could put onto a launcher, 2K warrants a launcher of their own if they wanted it, and I really hope they don't do that. I really don't want a 2K games launcher because 2K games is horrifying with their nickel and dime practices. Yeah. So, 2K don't make a launcher. It's a bad idea. Don't listen to me. I'm in the crap. I'm a crazy person. You don't have enough games. That
1: would be interesting because like. You wouldn't see no. like there would be like a two K games launcher, but like that doesn't like, the Rockstar games launcher will still exist, you know. Mm-hmm. So like oh, you could play every two K two K game, but you can't play the Rockstar games, even though technically Rockstar is owned by two K. So like oh shit, that's gonna be really confusing, you know. If you are like if yeah. you are pretty like an unsuspecting, you don't know the difference between the two, it's gonna be mm-hmm. super super confusing. Oh man, that that's not good.
0: Yeah, oh, well. pretty much what this this whole move reads to me is as Rockstar doesn't want to share profits uh, except for 2k which they have to and they also want to set up a platform for um, Red Dead 2 when it comes to PC I think they're going to bring Red Dead 2 to PC and it's going to be on the launcher and it's going to be exclusive through the launcher that's going to be how they sell this launcher yep. to people right now I don't think anyone really cares I think people might be signing up just to get a free copy of, uh, that's, yeah, San Andreas. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone's like, I really want to play my 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 GTA games through the Rockstar launcher because I want to be talking in Rockstar chat, not Steam chat. Ew. I don't think that's happening. But as soon as Red Dead Redemption Two comes to PC and it's exclusive, here's what's going to happen: they're going to announce Red Dead Redemption Two. It's going to be coming to PC on the Rockstar Games launcher, and then, just to get even more people in, they're going to say if you buy Red Dead Redemption Two, within the first week or two weeks, you get a free copy of Red Dead One on PC, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's how they do it. Yeah, boom. Yep. I should run companies. I'm so smart.
1: I <laughs> no, bet that's likely. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if I hear that.
0: So yeah, Rockstar has a games launcher. This is the world we live in. It's, it's just <laughs> like streaming services. Yep. you know. Uh, moving on to our next story. WayForward announced roughly one or two days before its release that Shantae and the Seven Sirens Part 1 would be releasing on Apple Arcade exclusively. Now... It has not been said that the game, the entire game, will be exclusive on Apple Arcade. It sounds more like they're releasing this part one as a teaser and as a way because Apple paid them to yep. to advertise Apple Arcade. So, Shantae, the new Shantae game part one, was released on Apple Arcade. David, any thoughts?
1: Well, this is clearly just uh, a money move. I mean, like I, I, I don't. Nobody cares about like. Come on, wait, wait, wait for it. Isn't stupid. Nobody cares about uh, Apple Arcade. Nobody cares about playing games on Apple. It's just it's stupid. You know, like mm-hmm. I, like I, I, I can't imagine any hardcore gamer out there or any, I should say, any Shantae fans who most likely are hardcore gamers really care about Apple Arcade. Uh, so this. I don't. Huh. Do you care?
0: Say again? You, what did you say, Sean? Oh, I said I, I'm a Shantae fan, and I don't care about yeah, Apple. Yeah, you don't care. So, so I, I can only hurt. imagine
1: there there are a lot more people like you that just don't mm-hmm. give a damn about it. So, like, and, and WayForward isn't stupid. They knew that. So Apple was just like, but wait, money. So then WayForward was like, okay, yes. Okay. Yeah. So that that's that's it. Um. It's going to be coming to consoles, it's going to be coming to Switch, it's going to be coming to PC uh, at a later date. They already con- they confirmed that in the Twitter thread that they announced uh, Shant- uh, Shantae and the Seven Sirens in. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, they're coming. You just got to be patient. That's all.
0: That's it. Uh, Tim, any thoughts on Shantae Part 1 being released on Apple Arcade?
2: Uh, I don't know. I guess... It's just the same, but, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe Apple's going to be a breakout hit with this, with their Apple Arcade, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe
2: one day.
0: Oh, you sweet summer child.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> is, wait, so is Apple Arcade, is Apple Arcade just for mobile, or is that part of like,
1: I
0: They're believe laptops as well.
2: it's for like it's, it's for it's a mobile platform. It's for mobile. strangely enough, it's for mobile
1: tablets. and I think PCs too, like maybe MacBooks or something. Or but, possibly. But oh, okay. But, but like, like, it's not. It's like through, through the, the Apple, Apple launcher. Like, what is it? The ice? What? What? The Apple Store? Or whatever the fuck it's called? It. You know well, that I don't use Apple products. No, I don't care. Uh, so, you know, yeah. I, I, actually I, I actually have an iPhone, I don't even know what, what it is. is. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, whatever, whatever their, client their client is, is it, it's, it's like through, through there and, woohoo, we have games now. That, that's, that's really, really it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's just,
2: if it's just mobile stuff, then yeah, yeah. I, I've never, it. never really been into that mobile, mobile stuff, but, nor should um, be. <laughs> I you know what this is a random tangent, but I don't know how people play stuff like Call of Duty or like PUBG on phones. Yeah, that just sounds I, like a horrendous experience.
0: Right.
1: You oh know, here in, in the, the subway, subway, I've seen, seen a, lot a lot of people, people do it, it. Like, like play Fortnite, like Fortnite on, on their, phones. their phones. Yeah. And but I'm just why, I'm like, why? What are you do? like? Why? Like, what, what are you doing, what, dude?
2: Okay, not not even why, but like how? How? How yeah. do you how? How do you control and do anything oh, no. reasonably? They, they literally <laughs> have like so like, so, like they, they have
1: like two thumbs on the, the screen, screen, and then they're, they're cross, constantly like panning. panning. They're, they're they're constantly panning, panning the camera, and, and then, then I don't I know, know how, how they, they shoot, shoot, but like they, they I, I, I don't, don't know, know, how know how the hell you how you, you, you would work that. that. But yeah, it's like this constantly like you you're you're really like attached to your phone. Your hands are all over your phone, so good luck if you're eating, trying to eat something, or do anything else. You know, it's it's disgusting. I don't you know, know.
0: I just realized what this conversation is. We have become our parents looking at the control, like, "How do you play this? I don't. There's so many <laughs> buttons. How does this work?" But now oh, no, there's a God. there's a
2: lack of buttons. Yeah, and that's exactly. That's what yeah, now it's a lack of buttons. Like,
0: <laughs> Before it's like, "How do you make the thing move with an A button? How does that work?" Now we're like, how do you make the guy move without buttons? How does that work? Yeah. Oh, no. It's
1: all touchscreen, dude. And then I don't
0: know. The touchscreen generation will grow up, they'll be our age, and they'll be like, looking at the new way of playing games like, how can you just play games by thinking? How do you <laughs> control it with your brain waves? It doesn't make sense. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Back
2: in my day, we had <laughs> buttons that you press. You we had kiss. 16...
0: Buttons and we used every goddamn one. I tell you, <laughs> we had an abundance, we were blessed. We didn't have your fancy, smancy <laughs> brain waves and <laughs> cognitive your, movement, your mind control,
2: <laughs> didn't you? Soul tethers had none of that. <laughs> soul, soul
0: tethers, <laughs> I didn't have to link my soul to the gay <laughs> characters, so I could feel their thoughts and feelings. I just had to believe I was them. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I agree, Tim. I don't. I see people playing with like, like there's like a, a, a translucent D-pad on the screen that they use that to move around. It's just like, yeah, it, it looks awful because you're eating up screen space so you can move your fingers around on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it,
2: uh, and you know, one that hits closer to home with me is like Minecraft. It's like how do you how do you mm-hmm. do anything I mean props to you because plenty of people do it apparently I just mystify it yeah yeah
0: people yeah, do do I, that yeah it's weird uh. if you can play games on mobile like on your your, your phone or your pad and you can do it fall, uh, effortlessly more power to you because I can't do that so yeah kudos um as for me about the Apple Arcade and Shantae, I think this was a weird move. Uh, for one, they announced it via tweet, and that was about it. So a lot of people were like, why would you announce it this way? You need to kind of <clears throat> give, a, give a bigger spread of information here. You know, just kind of release a YouTube video, release this thing, you know, just really get the word out there. But they're just kind of like, hey, by the way, Shantae, the first part, there you go. And I, I don't yeah. know how much content is in part one of Shantae I, or in the Seven Sirens I I looked at a quick like YouTube video of someone playing it and most videos are between like <clears throat> 45 minutes to an hour long Oh, uh, so it's not a lot and when I first read this I was worried that this is how Shantae and the Seven Sirens would be released everywhere that they were just going to release it in parts like episodes and I thought don't do that don't do that because I'll play part one, and then I'll lose interest by the time you put out part two. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't do that. Only villains do that. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that is what they're gonna do. I think this is just their... I don't know why they just just call it like a demo or a beta, and they could release the exact same content and no one would batted an eye. You know, but it, yeah, it could have been like a mm-hmm.
1: last minute like business move. You know what I'm saying? Like you keep pointing, like you keep we keep talking about it, but they could have just like. Made like a deal of reach an agreement with Apple like really last minute, and they were like, "Oh, okay. Well, this thing is like next week. How do we, how do we prepare it?" And and or maybe like Apple was like, "Well, we have to, we want the full game." And they were like, "Well, we can't give you the full game. Can we give you a part?" So maybe they they spliced it. Do you know what I am saying? Mm. It could be yeah, maybe it, it, that could be the case. I I really don't know, unless it's like if if it's like a whole narrative like from start to finish. This first episode, then okay, maybe maybe that's not the case, but it could it could have been like a last minute talks with Apple, and then something happened, uh, maybe development problems or what what have you.
0: No, I mean, like considering they announced this like the day before Apple Arcade came out, mm-hmm. last minute decision sounds about accurate. Yeah, 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 yeah. but Apple Arcade in general not for me i don't like apple i don't like mobile games i I like my games on my pc and for the big old chunky pc too but that's just me and if you like apple and mobile well that's fine too just don't talk to me (laughs) but yeah uh that's apple okay and last story of the day before we move on to the topic Uh, Valve is convicted in France for banning the release of dematerialized games... the resale of dematerialized games. To put it in a better way than the way this Reddit thread phrased it, France has determined that it is illegal to prevent people from reselling your digital games on Steam. So, this has been a uh, three-year-long process where the... uh, What is the the committee called? There's a committee in the UFC K Chaucer. I can't speak French. Uh, They were looking at whether or not you should be allowed to resell your digital games on Steam. And they chose Steam. Because Steam was huge, and this is three years ago, so they're the biggest name in town. They still are. And they determined that yes, you should be allowed to resell your games on Steam because That game is something that you purchased, you own it, and you should be allowed to do with your property whatever you want, even if it's digital. So, Tim, do you agree or disagree with France's decision to say you can resell your games? I guess, like,
2: from a knee-jerk reaction, I, I guess I can't find a reason to disagree I just wonder how that would work, and the mechanics of that. Like, how would Steam you?
0: would have to make a system for it, yeah.
2: Right. But, and so then that, like, would that? I guess would that just apply to everyone or just France? Uh,
0: just... in situations like this, generally they'll try to make it just France. Steam will try to say, "This is only a France-only product," and. Then yeah. all you have to do on Steam is say, "Oh look, my home country of origin is France." Uh, oui, oui, uh, oui, oui, croissant. Oui. oui. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Let me reset my game so I can buy more baguette. <laughs> what?
2: And they're like, "Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're definitely <laughs> from France." Um, I mean, that's such it's feels like such a wacky idea that you can, because I mean, we've just gotten used to the fact that you just can't do that mm-hmm. but I mean if like I don't know if we were if we were given the opportunity to do that I guess I, I guess it would make sense would mm. be okay but it's mm-hmm. just just a sticky weird situation of getting that kind of system to work in place and um, I, I do, do we know if like other countries or places have tried to push for this
0: I want to say there was another country like Germany or possibly Australia um, that said you need to allow people to they're basically pushing for the idea that digital goods are property and must be treated as physical property and that you can do with them whatever you want but I don't know if any of them have said to Steam you have to let people resell your games
2: Mm mhm yeah, um, I, I guess I, I guess I would agree with them, with with France. I just, I don't know. It's a it's kind of a weird situation, and I, I they they mentioned like subscriptions as well, like at, that, yeah. I that that just made me think of like MMOs and stuff. Is is that what they're going at? Like you could, I mean that just made me think of like people who sell their accounts and stuff like that but maybe i misread into that
0: well i I guess like if steam were to release a because that's the thing this is going to be a matter of like steam just has to lift a band the problem is that steam doesn't allow for any system in place to allow you to resell your game and and that's the problem um it's france is saying you have to stop doing this thing. It's you have to start doing this thing. And that means Steam has to create a system in place. The way I would see it working is that you would have to directly transfer your game from your library to somebody else. And you would lose that game in your library. You would lose all the achievements and all of the associated rewards you got from it. Aside from like uh, the car drops, you know, those are yours to keep. But uh, achievements would go and that person would then have your game and it would count as a fresh purchase for them. So it's not like they inherit mm. all your achievements or anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it's tough. You know, I can't, I can't imagine it's, it's an easy system to uh, put into place. But I do think it's possible. I just think it hasn't been done because Steam doesn't want people to do that. And you also have to consider the idea that there's money being exchanged between two parties, and Steam is not one of them. <laughs> so how do yeah. you how do you manage that? That opens up a whole new can of worms, because now Steam can be like, "Well, what if money laundering? What if someone's like buying a copy of Plants vs Zombies for three thousand dollars? What what do we do then?" Hmm. Um, well, would you like?
2: Would that be like? Like people who sell get the name the price. Is that is that what you mean?
0: No, like I, I would imagine if you're going to resell your game, you're going to try to sell it for a set price of your own choosing. Um, I guess I imagine it would
2: just be whatever. I guess in normal prices yeah. or
1: something. Well, they probably do I, like I could, with like cars, right? So like after after it's been after you've bought it, like, the value goes down, maybe? Oh, wait, no.
2: But it's, like, a sense. digital hey, thing, so yeah. it doesn't, yeah. Yeah. doesn't have, to, like, true. physical wear and tear or
1: anything. That's
0: true. I definitely see what you're saying, Tim, where it's, like, what's happening is that we're exchanging the game and what the original owner's getting back is essentially a refund. They're getting yeah. money they put into it back. Um, but Steam would have to... The question then is, do they get back the... The cost of the full game, which let's say a game costs $10, do they get the $10 or do they get $2 because they bought it on sale for $2?
2: Right.
0: And so, this is the problem. At first, it sounds like an easy fix, but as you start involving money, things become a way more complicated. So, either they're going to do what you said, Tim, or they're going to do a system, which would be a lot harder, what I'm about to suggest where it's sort of like the marketplace they have now, where people can put up their um, digital goods from games up on the marketplace for whatever price they want. And Steam gets like 10%, and the uh, the game publisher developer gets I think like 10, 1% even, actually. that they, they get very little. Or Steam gets very little. So it's an uneven cut. And so would that be the case? Would you then be able to create an auction house where everyone's trying to sell their copy of uh, Civ 4 for different prices of like, you know, their difference of, of like a cent here and there. So it's... If it happens, it'd be interesting to see how they, they handle maybe,
2: it. Maybe... Well, I guess that wouldn't work either. I was gonna say maybe you can like... If you were gonna like, sell it, you can only like put the price as high as is as, like, it's ever been on Steam, but I guess if you bought it for not uh, too much and sold it higher, I don't know if there'd be problems there.
0: That makes sense. I, I can definitely say that. that would prevent the whole idea of people selling games for thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can only set the price at the max amount that the game has been available for, or you know, currently, because sometimes games go down in price permanently. They'll go from, like, 60 to 40 Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that'd be be a way to do it. The other problem I could think of is the resell of games that are no longer available on the storefront. Uh, like, like, say, I think Deadpool is delisted again. And so what would happen if you were to resell your copy of Deadpool to somebody else? Would Activision be allowed to get a cut of that? Because they can no longer sell that game. They can no longer make a profit on that. So would they... Would Steam have to enact a sort of special clause for D List games to say, No, you can't you can't do that And then you have to So the idea of people just trading a game a game back and forth like, Hey, can I buy that game from you? Sure. And then when they're done with it, they give it back to you and they get their money back and so essentially one game has been sold, but two people got to enjoy it fully. So
2: I mean that kinda happens with physical
0: Yeah, but Steam doesn't want that because Steam and a lot of other digital media people don't want you to own digital things. They're trying really hard to push for terms of service use that say, you do not own this. You're renting it. And if at any point we want to, we can revoke it. That's what's in Steam's uh, terms of service right now. And it's not legal. It's not legally binding. By the way, everyone, terms of service uses are not legally binding if they go against the law. So, they can be legally binding if they say you have to do this and that's all legal and you agree to it, but if they're asking you to do something that's against the law, that's not binding. The law comes first. So, it's complicated, to say the least. Uh, David, any thoughts on this whole situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think if Valve goes through with it, uh they they're probably gonna go through loop, um, more loop mm-hmm. um uh court time in order to try to resolve this and in, tor- in order to reach some kind of agreement because it's just it just seems like so much money and, and so much time and effort just for one country. They might I don't know, like if I were Valva i I'd just get rid of wow. get out of France entirely. Be... You know what I'm saying? Like That'd be one way to why? go. Right. Because like it, like why? Like okay, bye, and that—that'd be a it, way to you know? go about like, it. No, but I mean, you know, th- it that's wouldn't it. be
0: a solution because uh, France play- French players could just say, "Okay, I'll just use a VPN and set my I- IP to the United States, and boom, I can use Steam again." But and so all yeah. Steam has accomplished is super bad PR. But they've al- they've also gotten away from having to do this resell. Phone. All right,
1: so if they. It- but if if they if they put mm-hmm. in, but that's like up. That's the, the gamer's prerogative, right? Like, if if they want to use, like, they could just add something in their terms of service. Like, hey, if you can use a VPM to to if you use a VPM to change your region, and your region is not something that we support, then uh, your actual region is not something that we support. Then that you're you're mm-hmm. taking that risk. We don't we don't share in any of that risk. You know that that's that's fine. I, I I don't see a problem with that. You know, like it's just. If I were if I were a big corporate entity like Valve, like I, I don't know, I'd weigh like what's the reward in order to you know I would take the hit the publicity hit and then just not you know sell there anymore because it's, France is it's it's a big European region sure but like you know to 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 enact like a whole system costs well, millions of dollars. Here, the thing Is about it worth like it?
0: Uh, I don't know legal uh, precedents know, like this, a lot of countries won't make a move on something or make a new law right. or interpret a law a certain way, because like well, no one else has done it. We don't want to look like stupid people. No way. Now that France has done it, the mm-hmm. fear then becomes right. other countries are going to start doing it too, and as more countries sort of ad- ad- uh, adopt France's position it will spread even faster and faster, and eventually Steam just has to deal with it. And you're right, they could possibly yeah, just take the I PR suppose. hit, yeah. but now more than ever, Steam needs to keep good PR because they're competing with Epic, and they're basically fighting for their lives here. So they need to look as glowing as possible. So yeah. they might allow something like this. The thing is, they don't have to allow it right now. They just have to say we agree with France, we're going to be taking steps to allow people to resell games. And then they can take as much time as they want because lawmakers have no idea how long it would take to make the system that they'd have to make. And Steam could just say, yeah, we're working on it. Meanwhile, in the back office, right. it's just, you know, a bunch of office chairs yeah. and someone hitting a computer with a hammer for like five minutes a day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're playing Milky in the Meadow or something. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it... That that's true, I mean, yeah, we don't know the, the legal the parameters here, so I, I I don't know, you know, like it, it could it could, I think that that's really a big factor into um, everything that's at play here, um, and that that goes into also like legal negotiations uh, if Valve were to reject it. Um, or also legal negotiations as to, you know, give them a time frame as to yeah. when to complete it. they probably give them like a decade, you know. Mm-hmm. In 10 years, the landscape could change um, a lot, so, you know. Because, yeah, there, I don't it, know if this is, is like a legally
0: them. binding ruling, like, okay, Steam, you have to do this. I don't know if that's that, or this is just them saying this is what we believe and this is what we're going to be giving to lawmakers going forward to make decisions. Like, as, as I said before on the podcast... Yeah law making moves very slowly nothing happens overnight um -hmm. but yeah uh this it it probably won't but it could start to move the wheels towards recognizing that digital media is property and not just a rental service uh Because that's the case it is now with Steam. I know uh, the Terms of Service for World of Warcraft also says something similar, which is that uh, your character is not your property, despite how much money you put into it. You are just renting it. You are renting the ones and zeros that we allow you to have, to do with as you will, under our parameters, but if at any point we don't like you, we can revoke that. And thus far there's not a because a World of Warcraft character is not seen as property right now, they can they can do that. And then you have to ask a question of like Well, what do you do about subscription services? Like if I got banned from World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. what do I do? Can I make another account? I bought the game, but now the game is useless to me. I can't do anything with it. And that kind of stuff doesn't happen with physical uh, things. Like you can't buy a tractor and do something that the manual says don't do, like don't stand on your tractor and stand on it, John Deere can't come by and then say, you can't use that tractor.
2: Mr. John yeah. Deere comes
0: by. <laughs> Mr. John Deere himself, riding <laughs> upon a buck, says, hey, stop it. You lost your tractor privileges. <laughs> they hmm. they can't do that. Uh, oh, but boy. people like Steam and Blizzard, they can do that. They can say, we don't like you anymore and they, they've never abused that power they, I'm not mm. I know that's what it sounds like they're not going around saying wow well, we really don't like this guy get rid of him no they'll ban you when you break their terms of service and like you're being an asshole in the game and you're making other people have a rough time with it so I guess it's more like yeah. using your tractor normally versus riding your tractor into town and throwing rocks at people The the cops are going to stop you and they're going to take your tractor away so, I guess it's somewhat similar in that regard, but it's not quite. Digital media are still not seen as property, and the law needs to catch up with that. And this is another step towards catching up. But by the time they catch up with that, we'll be on spirit media, where we tether our soul to things and experience the awesome oneness of the ethereal plane.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't wait.
0: Can't wait for Death Stranding 3, the Ethereal Plane. Looking forward to it. Uh, So that's it for our news, but we are going to move on to our topic of the day. And our topic is based on a story that came from BioWare. BioWare has said that Anthem, the game, their looter shooter, that did not great, to put it lightly. They had a big roadmap for it. They said we're going to release... Uh, this DLC and this DLC and this... I should say content updates because I don't think you actually buy these. They're not DLC. They're they are content updates. You get them whether you want them or not. So we're going to put this content here and then in two months get this content and then in three months this content. They planned it out and they were starting to go through it. They got up to uh, Cataclysm which came out very roughly. Uh, it came out much later than it was supposed to and it did not live up to the promises they made. Following that, Bioware has said, hey, we're going to continue supporting Anthem. We're going to continue giving you content updates. But that roadmap, throw it in the trash because it's nothing now. We're not going to follow that one anymore. We're going to do something different. And what that reads to me is that we're going to be doing something less than what the roadmap promised because we can't keep up with that. what that roadmap was trying to do. Um, so the question then is, are roadmaps and uh, general promises about game content in the future a good idea, uh, David? What are your thoughts on roadmaps and promises and games?
1: Yeah, that's a that's interesting kind of idea. Like, I th- I, I always I never viewed roadmaps as content like I have never I've never seen them as like a replacement for the software that you already get out of the box. You know? And I think yeah, that's that's, that's what, what a lot of developers and publishers, and publishers are getting at, right? right? They're, They're like, like I, I think about, about the Battlefield, Battlefield 5, 5, right? That had nothing I had in the box. box. Well they, they had something but very little. Mm. And all the promises were mm. we're, we're gonna, gonna put every, look, gonna look at our roadmaps, road we're gonna put everything in at a later date. I, I don't see, see that like when you're selling a product you're selling everything from the get go. You know, yeah, and, and, and maybe call me the a traditionalist, but that's, that's that's why I buy products product, so I can use it. it you know, know as, you as know, I get as I buy them, them. Um, and, and so roadmaps are merely just marketing tools. tools. They're just saying, "Hey, buy the game now, and then we'll, we'll mm-hmm. fill you in later uh, if we can. If we can't, then well, oh well." You know, that, that's too, too bad. bad. And the, the thing about roadmaps is that it's not legally binding. No. So they're not obligated to they're not obligated to do whatever they, they said that they did. So they could say, oh, we're going to make this like the best game ever. But, you know, that's just them marketing. That's just them fluffing themselves up. They could say, you know, like for Borderlands 3, oh, by the way, we're going to put a billion more guns in. And then, you know, like in a month, they're going to be like, ah, no, that was just <laughs> a joke. Where is this? Where is this teasing? You know, like you know, they could they could very well do that because it's just it's not it's not an ad. It's not you know they're not committed to anything. It's and if basically it word ad.
0: Well, yeah. like a you see the difference t- between ad. The difference yeah. between an ad and, and just like you know a message on on Twitter or whatever is that
1: it's, it's actually legally binding. So if you if you send out an ad, you know you're promising something to your audience. Whereas and that's, that's you know you, you have to fulfill, fulfill the, those promises, promises or in, in some, some part, you part you have to fulfill, fulfill them. them. Whereas um, um, if, if you're, you're just you know spouting nonsense on social media or or on your website, well, that's not really an ad. That's just a projection, you know. So you're not really uh, obligated to do anything. As I said before, that's that's really all it is. It's just a marketing campaign. So I, 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 is it an empty promise? Or yeah, kind of. I mean. I don't see it as a promise at all. I just see it as just something that they might do, I, 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 but they may not. I would argue know? that it is a promise,
0: so. but it's a promise they make while wearing a parachute so they can get out of Dodge if they need to. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, why, suppose, why are you yeah. opening the door? No, no reason. Why, why is one foot out the door? No, no, don't worry about it. We're going to do this. Why, where are you going? Why are your bags packed? No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We're going to do it. The, the thing about it.
1: the thing about video game development at least from what I can glean, is that things change, especially post-launch, things change fast, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, when you commit to something for the next quarter, you know, or, or two quarters down the line, right, that's that's a big commitment, and, you know, you can't... other, You know, some when your studios, like, they're working on another project, they need more people, or what have you, things happen really fast in, in development. So, like, I, I don't i just don't i've never felt like you know if if i were into battlefield 5 for instance like I, I i would never have felt like uh entitled to that content that they were said that they were gonna give to mm-hmm. us I, I just would have said oh this is something that they could get to if if you know if they can if they can't then they're either gonna push it back or they're just gonna scrap it entirely you know and this is their these are their ambitions for the game so it's kind of like you can kind of see it as this is what their vision of the game could have been if they didn't have you know deadlines, if the real world didn't exist. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so. So, um, I, I, is it appreciated? I guess so. You know, I, I you know I I appreciate it. I appreciate that them give you know, some kind of idea as to what their vision for a game is and what their ambitions are for a game post post launch. I appreciate it. You know, it's not a bad thing. I just don't feel like people are people are looking at it at you know, at face value and it's like, well, it's not really you're not really gonna get everything that that they say that they're gonna give you. Because that's not realistic. You know, I, I just don't
0: I, I would I don't honestly like disagree. If that's they're it. gonna be saying we're gonna mm-hmm. like they're not just saying we're gonna support this game for X amount of years or something like that. They're saying we're gonna support yeah. this game. And here's what you're going to get on these dates. They're making very clear promises. They're not just saying expect more content in the future. They're making very clear promises. Yeah. And I think they should be held accountable for them. But well, I, you know, like you said, it's not I mean, legally I mean, binding. Yeah, I, they don't. They're not going to get into legal mm-hmm. problems because of this. But
1: it's. I guess maybe I'm factoring too much with the developer side. But like, I I just. I look at it as like release dates you know like we get a release date for a certain game and then it gets pushed back or what have you you know and, and it's like okay I believe it when I see it like when I, when when the promotional materials are coming out and when like um, when the ads are in the stores or in GameStop I should say or in Best Buy or whatever then I'll, I'll start believing it mm-hmm. but when like when uh, like in romance are concerned like it's like Okay, that's great, but I, I still I'll still believe it when I see it because yeah. I, I just don't I, I understand development. Development is not a you know a clear cut mm-hmm. process. There there are, there are certain dates that you would like to get it done by, but
0: no, 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 no. you may not get yeah. there.
1: You know you you you're, you're there's a very good chance you're not going to get there, and especially post launch. You know the game's already out. You you have people that are probably already working on other projects, you know, or they're juggling two mm-hmm. projects in the same studio. So it's kind of like, well, you know, I I don't know. Like it's just it's just if I were in there in the developer shoes, I wouldn't really, you know, I'd say okay, let's give them this date because we feel like that's realistic right now. But in two or three months' time, that may not be realistic anymore. So let's push it back. Yeah. We'll push it back to you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, I don't know. But that's that's where I'm coming from, basically. Yeah.
0: And I don't think any developer who puts out a roadmap ever thinks, we're not going to get this done. This is just to make them happy. Right. But we're going to um, pull the rug out from under them. Most roadmaps are yeah. followed, at least for the content that's released. Not necessarily the the dates aren't always met, but the content does come out. Mm-hmm. And it might not always right. be the content you totally expected, but it's not like they gave you something completely different. It's not like you, you ordered steak and they gave you a hamburger or anything like that. All right. Um yeah. And I, I don't think any developer wants to fail at a roadmap, certainly. And, and development is very tricky. A lot of things can happen. Uh, a lot of things can go wrong. Uh, things. I don't think there's ever been a single development of a game that went exactly as planned. It, it doesn't yeah. happen. Um I should also say that uh, roadmaps never come out before the game does. Roadmaps always come out afterwards. And so they're not a way yeah. to really say, buy this game because look at this roadmap. It's more like, hey, well, I, I guess it sort of is like, buy this game because look how long we're going to be supporting it. And I think that's what a lot of people are mm-hmm. try to get it into their head. is like, do I want to play a live service game because how long is it going to last? Because I I don't want to invest my time in something that's just going to be ending tomorrow. And developers and publishers are like, well, we don't want to give you a game that's going to end tomorrow either. We want you to keep playing this game and only this game and keep, you know, a little bit of loot boxes here and there. We won't tell anybody. Um, (laughs) But here's some content updates to show there's there's, there's still more stuff you can play. I mean, that's what, like... um, M- MMOs have to do like World of Warcraft is the one I play the most they release expansion packs every couple of years sure, but in that time they release content updates they release big patches that introduce new dungeons, and usually new raids uh, new content and that's their way of getting people to play and even between those patches that are kind of big, they're like months apart, they'll release little tiny content packs to keep you playing Because they don't want you to ever get bored or find any reason to ever turn WoW off. They don't want you to ever let let that subscription lapse. So they're trying to just keep you moving towards that next big content, that next expansion. So that's basically the mentality of roadmaps is telling people, hey, look, we got stuff coming. Don't worry. Uh, Tim, do you have any thoughts on roadmaps? And I should also include... Uh, season passes because they are promises of DLC that will be coming out in the future and they don't always say, they never say what that DLC will be just maybe its size so Tim any thoughts on roadmaps and season passes
2: at least as far as roadmaps are concerned I think I definitely side more with, um, with the idea that they're that potentially that they're good um I mean, I just, I see that as a way as, for developers to, you know, communicate with their community and people that play the game about what's going to be coming along. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that just, at least potentially, that is a good thing. You know, transparency and, you know, getting getting people excited for stuff that's coming along. Maybe... Mm -hmm some of it's not going to be imminent, but um, you know, keeps people interested. But I guess the trick is you just you gotta make sure to you know, have the best intentions and try to just stay true to it and, you know, when things go wrong, you just gotta be open about that I guess. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I'd mostly view them as as good in that way. Um, and then season, season passes, that is an interesting other thing to bring up. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of different in a way, because those usually don't, like you said, they don't include, like, what's what those things are going to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of like you're pre-ordering stuff that you don't know anything about. Which yeah. is even kind of, I guess, worse than pre-ordering a game. Which I always have some kind of sense of what it is, or you've mm-hmm. seen footage of it. But um, yeah, I, 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 I guess I, I've never really thought about it, but the whole season passing just probably isn't the greatest thing to invest. I mean, you know, you can no. you can wait, you can wait to see what they, at least see what they are. You yeah, you invest in it. It's like, then, I, do you want to? There's a movie coming out. Do you want to pre order a ticket to it? Oh, what's the movie about? I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's an action <laughs> movie. What do you care? <laughs> there's people in it. I think there's a dog
0: <laughs> or something. I don't know. I would say it's more like you buy a ticket to go see uh, Thor Ragnarok 2. You, you buy a ticket to go see a Marvel movie. And when you buy it, they say, Hey, would you like to pre-order these three tickets for these upcoming Marvel movies? Uh, well, the movies? What do, you, what do you care? It's Marvel. If you're going to see it anyway. Just, just buy it. Don't question me. Um, it, it's sort of like that. And that's how they sell you on season passes. They say, Look, if you buy all the parts individually, it's going to be X amount of dollars. But if you buy a season pass... You're going to get all that DLC and it'll be a little bit cheaper. The total cost will be cheaper. And it's usually like um, one DLC part less. Like, if it's a five-part season pass and it costs $25, if you get the season pass, it costs 20 you know? Rather than 25 for every individual DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's usually how they do it with the D, uh, season pass. The best example I can think of season pass is like, borderlands borderlands 2 had a season pass yeah and it third one of the season pass as well oh yeah i have no doubt uh but borderlands 2 said hey here's a season pass this season pass we get you the dlc that's going to be coming out all the major dlc we're going to have some uh big campaigns coming out uh it's and some uh characters coming out so look forward to it and people got excited they bought the season pass and then they started releasing DLC that was not included in the season pass. And that's where there's some confusion between the, the consumer and the uh, seller, which is that the season pass contains A, B, C, and D. It doesn't include every single piece of, piece of DLC from now until the end of the season pass, which is what a lot of people think it means. Uh, so season passes can be confusing. Uh, as for me, for roadmaps, uh, I think they are a good idea in theory, but they're taken to an extreme and they become bad. I think Blizzard does a great job of getting keeping people interested in their games by sort of teasing the next one or two content updates. That's how much they'll give them. They'll say, hey, we're working on a new hero. And we're working on this new map or event. They're not giving them a full year of planning. Um, And then they have the the public test realm so you can try out the content before it's fully released. So, Blizzard does it well. Other people, like EA, do this full roadmap. Ubisoft does it too. They did it for the Division too. Um, And... Going back to Borderlands, like the pre-sequel had a season pass as well. And they said, we're going to give you two big campaigns and three mini-things. Possibly the two characters, I can't remember if they were involved. But I noticed that it at least had two big campaigns. And what happened was, pre-sequel did not sell very well. People didn't really like it. They weren't interested. They were like, no, Borderlands 3. Don't go backwards, go forwards. And so, they were now on the hook for a season pass. So, while a roadmap is not a binding promise, season passes are. If you sell somebody a a product, even if it doesn't exist yet, you still have to give them that product. So, what did they do? Well, they didn't have the resources to make two big campaigns like they promised. They wanted to. You can see some of the concept art of one of the DLC campaigns that never came out. But they had to give them something. So they gave them a big arena content. Where you're just fighting a big arena and you fight a bunch of enemies and you get some loot at the end. People were pissed off. Rightfully so. They were pissed off. They said, this is not a campaign. This is not what you promised. This is not a story. We're pissed off and rightfully so. But they gave them the content. They promised X amount of DLC and they delivered X amount of DLC. It's just the quality that they promised wasn't quite there. I think roadmaps they're clearly meant to get people interested in your live service game. They're clearly there to say, hey, look, if you buy Destiny 3 you're going to be supported for a long time because look at all this content we have coming up for a full year after it releases. That's got to be worth the the admission price, right? And in that regard, I would consider roadmaps to be advertising. They're advertising something. They're promising something. But right now, again, the law hasn't caught up with digital media, and so it's not legally binding advertising. You know, They could argue, well, we didn't advertise this before the game released. This wasn't part of the game's initial advertisement bombardment. So it's not an advertisement. They could argue at that. But as far as I'm concerned, they're trying to advertise. They're trying to entice. And they're trying to convince you to play their game because they're going to give you something in the future. But people do not buy things that do not exist yet. That includes pre-ordering, that includes DLC, and that includes believing in roadmaps. Because game development is tricky and messy and nebulous. That game that was promised at E3, it could be cancelled tomorrow. So don't pre-order anything, it could be gone. Until you have it in your hands, digitally or otherwise, it doesn't exist. As far as you, the consumer, are concerned, it does not exist. So, be mindful of that, people same goes for season passes and roadmaps. And any promise that the developer or a publisher makes to you can be revoked unless you have given them money. The only thing that binds them to anything is money. So keep that in mind. Uh, So final thoughts. David, do you believe developers should be held accountable for the promises they have made for content? Uh, well, yeah. in that they I mean, have to deliver what they've promised uh uh
1: yeah i mean i think anybody should huddle. if anybody huddle, you know uh promises anything they should deliver on mm-hmm. it you know that's just being virtuous <laughs> you know that's just being a good person um but i again like i, I tend to side on this, on the on the side of the developers here, so take my opinion with a grain of salt, uh, salt, but, like, you know, like, I'm realistic in the sense that I don't really... I If if someone doesn't deliver, like, a developer doesn't deliver exactly what they promised, um, you know, somewhere down the line, that's fine. You know, because I understand development is hard, and it's not an easy thing, and whatever. What have you. Mm -hmm. But... That's only in the case if the game is substantial. Like at launch, the game was substantial enough for me to get some kind of endo- enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's something like Borderlands Three, that from what I can glean online is a pretty substantial package for sixty dollars. Then okay, that's fine. If they don't, if they don't deliver anything back, you know, if they have, a, they probably have a roadmap, right? I think Tim, you mentioned that they had a roadmap, right? So um,
0: you know, Borderlands uh, 3. Uh, point. Yeah, uh, season Borderlands
1: X. 3. A season pass. They have a season pass. Yeah. Okay. Um but in theory if, if if Borderlands 3 had a rope map or something of that nature, like if they didn't, if uh Take-Two didn't deliver in that regard or Gearbox as you say didn't deliver in that regard, i don't I'd be okay with it, you know, because because Borderlands 3 is a great game as is, you know, and and it could be very it could very well be that a couple months down the line I may not even be playing the game anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. there there have been more games, and I don't care. You know, Uh, so yeah. The in the short, in short, my answer is yes. Anybody should held accountable if if they make promises. Uh, But with development, I I understand. I understand that it's a tricky thing. So I'm I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. That's Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well said, Uh, Tim. Do you believe that developers and publishers should be held accountable for the promises they make through roadmaps and season passes?
2: I think, to a certain extent, they should be. I mean, uh, as far as like roadmaps go, you know, I'd, I, I think I'd agree that, um, at least for me personally, I'd be one who's like, I'm willing to. I'm willing to give that benefit of the doubt to developers Mm because things, you know, things can happen and if the game is good and the the devs are good and open and communicative, communicative, I'm not one to get, like, rah, up at arms angry. How dare you give me Mm -hmm. my content, you horrible people. (laughs) Um, You know, all it takes is just being a little real and just saying, hey, you know, we've got some issues we're going to have to push this back, like, X amount of time. It's like, okay. That's fine. I get it. I've, I mean, I've done a teensy bit of stuff in that arena, like, for game dev. I I know that stuff can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, just take the time you need. It was, um, it reminds me of, I think, Shigeru Miyamoto said, like, uh, a delayed game is eventually good, but... uh, a rushed one is forever bad or something like that yeah Um, which
0: isn't entirely true but (laughs) this makes sense yeah like a bad game can be patched and smoothed out after the fact but Mm -hmm. i understand what you're saying yeah
2: yeah um and then as far as as far as like um season passes i'd guess i'd probably be a little less lenient there just because whereas with a a roadmap is just you know it's just knowledge or just information yeah with a season pass you're actually buying a product so yeah if something's lackluster or if in the case of like the pre-sequel there's just a complete shift in what was actually delivered versus what Mm -hmm. was expected then that's you know that's a little more like okay there's a little more accountability that that's got to happen there, since mm-hmm. we we invested in the thing and then the thing wasn't the thing that you said it would be. So,
0: I am curious, what's in the Borderlands Three Season Pass?
2: I actually have no idea.
0: Um, <laughs> I can't remember if they said they were planning any uh, new hunters for the game. I- yeah. I vaguely remember them having a quote saying we're not going to really focus on new hunters.
2: Well, I I actually just saw... Uh, um there's going to be like a it's interesting. There's going to be a Halloween event. It's not it's going to hmm. be like I guess it's not like but DLC, it's like a limited time type thing. And it's free.
0: That's interesting.
2: So That's, I, that's I, a
0: live service type thing.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking and being like, "Oh, is this What's happening yeah. here?
0: Holiday events are definitely a live service thing. Like mm-hmm. Borderlands 2 and Pre-Sequel did have holiday events, but they're in the form of DLC. DLC yeah. That you could play whenever you wanted. If you wanted right. to go back to um, whatever their version of Christmas town is, you could do that. Mhm. But with a live service event, it's like you do it around December and no other time.
2: Mhm. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, didn't, hmm. I had the same thought. I, I just saw the news like Couple, like, before we start the podcast, I didn't know it was going to be a thing, but, yeah, that, that kind of stuck, stood out to me as well.
0: That's interesting. But, in terms There's of... The whole... yeah. Sorry. Well, I
2: was just I was just going to say, in terms of, like, actual DLC, I actually have no idea what what they said they were
0: planning on. Huh. Because, like, the whole idea of a live service game is to keep people playing and make them more and more enticed over loot boxes, and it's far as i know borderlands 3 not only doesn't have loot boxes but it actively makes fun of loot boxes with like their are mm-hmm. slot machines and stuff like that so hmm Mm-hmm-hmm. yeah interesting That's yeah, very interesting um but yeah as for me uh, i'm sort of in the same boat as uh tim and david i believe that uh game development is a messy process I have never worked in the game development. I knew I know a few people who've worked in it. And even if I didn't, I could surmise just by guessing, because there's so many people involved with making a game, that game development doesn't go how they plan, ever. Like, the only thing, closest thing I could say that I've done to game development is just my writing. And I can say for a fact that when I do fiction writing... Things rarely develop the way I want them to. I'll be writing a character, I'll be writing a dialogue, and the dialogue will go in a direction I didn't plan for it to go, and now the events sort of shift. It won't be a radical shift, but things are different than I had originally planned. And so game development is also a creative process, so I have to imagine that it also falls under the same problems, which is that as you move forward with things... Your perception of the future changes, and you have to pivot and make new uh, direction changes. You have to figure out where you're going to go next for it to all fit together. I believe season Passes should be binding. If you promise five pieces of DLC, you have to deliver five pieces of DLC because you have taken the money. It's like uh, the best best example right now is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. They have the Fighters Pass. They have promised five fighters. Each one costs like $6. But if you buy all five, you get them for like $5 less than if you bought them individually. They have promised five fighters. They have to deliver on those five fighters. Now, if Smash were to say, we are going to be releasing new fighters and maps in the future, here's our roadmap. In October it will be a map, in December it'll be a map and a character, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. That wouldn't be binding. They could get out of that. The problem is they would have bad PR, of course, but no one can create like a class action lawsuit against them over it, essentially. Because no money has been exchanged for it. Um, unless some lawyer argues that the con- the roadmap was part of the promise of what the game would be. Uh, delivering when the person made the purchase, and since you did not deliver on the roadmap, you did not deliver on the promise, and you have uh, faulted on the prom on the delivery of the goods. Um, roadmaps are tricky. I think this is, roadmaps are a new way to try to get away from season passes while still getting the benefit with none of the negatives, which is that they have to be they're bound to what they promise but a roadmap is they don't have to be bound by it and it keeps people enticed to play in the game so i think regardless they should be held responsible for whatever they promise however i think they should be more mindful and responsible about what they promise they can't promise hey uh six months down the line we have this new content update it'll take you to russia it'll give you two new characters and six new guns They can't be that specific because when six months comes around and they deliver a trip to Texas with one new character and a dagger, people are going to get pissed off. And they're like, well, we gave you a new location, a new person, and a new weapon. What's the problem? So I would say, and I don't think developers are making roadmaps. I believe it's 100% publishers telling them, make a roadmap, get people enticed. I think developers have an internal roadmap saying here's what we want to work on, here's what we want to work towards. But I don't think something like that is ever meant to be shown to the public. And people like EA and two K said, No, show it to the public. You'll get them it'll get them Randy for it. Come on now. And you end up in a situation like Anthem, where they have where they said, okay, the game wasn't popular like we thought it was. We have to scrap the roadmap because We don't have the money to do the things we promised. So rather than deliver shoddy versions of what we promised, we're just going to say, forget that map, we're going to do something else, and we hope you stay with us, which is probably their best move, considering the stupid move of a roadmap in the first place. Uh, The whole idea of events for Borderlands 3 is interesting, a little concerning, depending on how far they go with it towards the live service but I didn't expect it that's interesting um, so those are my thoughts on uh, season passes and roadmaps don't do them kids hmm. don't buy season passes don't buy things that don't exist yet publishers don't promise things that don't exist yet if you get excited by roadmaps if you are the consumer are excited by roadmaps more power to you If it keeps you excited, if it makes you happy, you should follow that. But just be mindful that roadmaps are not content. Content is content. Roadmaps are promises. Promises can be broken. That's all I have to say about that. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, that has been our show for today. The 11th episode of KeenCast, the official podcast at KeenGamer.com. I have been Sean Rabine. You can find me on King Gamer. And you can also find me on Twitter at Gingerbread, D-J-I-N-N-G-E-R underscore bread. David, thank you for joining us. Where pe- where can people find you if they're hunting you down? At Xenocreator125
1: on Twitter. I also have a website, com, and on Instagram, which is also at Xenocreator125. David's so part of the internet
0: so he's so <laughs> spread out he's Hardly. finding people cast a wide <laughs> net that's what David's doing that's smart That's smart. Uh, Tim where can people find you on the internet
2: well unlike David I have a very short net it's like a broken <laughs> net uh, and you can just find me around uh, Keen Gamer
1: that's there about it
0: and of course all right. On our podcast Where Tim gives us His appearance Of course
1: uh, Thank you everybody Tim may not have A, a wide Tim may, may not have A wide network But we all love we him We do Yes of so course we all, we all Promote him on Twitter So yeah. You know
0: I only recently Got a Twitter So, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a curmudgeon I don't Jump onto social media Very quickly So That's yeah. Me.
1: Yeah I'm not I'm not very big on it Either You have an
0: Instagram yeah. And your own
1: website <laughs> Well, the website's it's for
0: portfolio. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let's just end the podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, We hope to see you next week for episode twelve. Do not eat Pokemon. Thank you.
1: No promises. Bye. Bye.